Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Usually by this time on Friday, we're sick of the news. We don't want to talk about news. We want to have some fun. And I was just thinking about a guy who just reminds me of fun all the time. Joan Ardone Sr. is in the studio with us. Joseph, how are you? Thanks for inviting me, Frank. I'm wonderful. It's I'm, a I'm pleasure glad, to be here. I'm glad to hear. I, well, I, of course, I hear you're talking about this concert that's coming up with the Karen Carpenter sound alike. What is that? That's a nice tribute show that uh, plays all over the country. And when they go to Las Vegas, they play for a week and they sell out every night. And she's just wonderful. She's, she's And where's that going to be and when? This is at the Kirby Center in uh, February. 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 Okay. It's a great show. How long have you been doing music? Well, I, I, I started doing it when, when I played at Sansui Park. I had a band called the All-Stars. And down there, we started to bring in acts. And we brought in uh, people like Sam the Sham and the Pharaohs, Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels, Dion and the Belmonts, Bobby Rydell, and of course we had Neil Diamond down there. We had him there three times, believe it or not. Wow. And, well, and he would drive in from Brooklyn, just he and his guitar, and my band would practice and back him up. And uh, So that was memorable. Right. You know, one, one of the stories that you told, uh, I was uh, I just started on the air here, and I, I, I happened to mention that I went to that Sly and the Family Stone concert at Harvey's Lake, and you called and told me that crazy story about what really happened there. Repeat it, will you? I'll never forget that. That was, that was one of the toughest ones. When we had the, the act booked for a Pocono Downs, and, and for some reason, uh, I was used to not having written contracts because I played Sansui Park for 10 years. No contract, just a handshake. So I, was, that's, so I didn't have a contract with Pocono Downs. And uh, three days before the, the date, they called and said they, they would rather not do the show. And the, the show was practically sold out. And we, we, we scuffled around and found a place in, in uh, Hunlock's Creek called Paris, Palace Park and somehow pulled it off, but it wasn't easy. And the, the crowds tied up the highways for miles and miles. And the state troopers had to get Sly from the Holiday Inn down to Hunlock's Creek. He was and late. It, it, was it was tough. It was, that was the <laughs> toughest show I probably ever had. Now, who are, who are the big stars that you really liked that were easy to work with? You know, there there was a concert I did after Sansui Park. I then started to do shows in colleges, and and when we went to King's College, we did a few good ones. We did uh, Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons. We did Kansas, and we did uh, a show that that now is very historic because it was uh, before Queen made themselves so famous. They were they were the opening act for Mott the Hoople at King's College. 
and there was a problem with the uh, sound check for Mata Hoople, and the uh, road manager just didn't let the crowd in. It was lined up outside around the block, and they, they crashed through the doors, and it was, it was a bad event, a bad scene at the door. But, but in effect, Queen, it was on uh, one of their very first dates in this country, and then they went on to become what, what they have, the, the movie Bohemian Rhapsody that's out now. Yeah, right. It's, it's just amazing what happened there. So then... Uh, with after some colleges, I went and started to do some shows at the uh, Paramount Theater. That's the uh, Paramount was before the Kirby Center and Public Square. So there were two theaters on the square. There was Paramount and there was the Comerford Theater. There, uh, I did shows like uh, Chicago, one of their first dates, Peter Frampton, uh, Grand Funk Railroad. Over at the Comerford, I did um, Bob Seger. He was an open act. Act by the way, Bob Seger were opener for uh, Mitch Ryder, uh, <laughs> Comerford Theater, and we did Jethro Tull there, and we did some uh, this, uh, names that uh, aren't household names. I did Ry Cooter there, I did Captain Beefheart there, some strange ones, but they were good shows. Wow, so that's th- interesting. That was before the Kirby Center. And what years were those? We're talking seventies, early seventies, and and then I did a couple shows up in uh, Scranton at the CYC. Oh, one was uh, <laughs> Grateful Dead, and and they uh, this was a gymnasium, of course, and and they were there were no such thing as dressing rooms, so they were in locker rooms. And before uh, most shows, I go into the the dressing rooms, and I try to check and see and make sure everything's fine and happy because if they're happy, they put a great show on. So I walked into the uh, locker room of the. Uh, CYC and and they they were smoking something in there, <laughs> but anyway they put a great show on and that was uh, Scranton CYC seventy three. Uh, I did a Billy Joel in the Scranton CYC. You know, and some of these names I'm mentioning now, they're they're now household names, but I had to catch them on the way up because I couldn't certainly not afford them now. But but what happens is you you, you try because being in the record business, I had a little advantage of catching the the see the movement on sales, so I would go out and try to buy the act. So th- this it, is how I landed some nice names in those days. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Here you are, you're rattling off names like, yes. you know, sometimes we'll ask people, sure. you, you want to call us and tell us uh, about some famous people you met. And you, you met so many. Put your headset on there. We have uh, sure. we have somebody that's calling you from Shikshini. Stan, what, what is your question or your comment for Joe Nardone? Oh, my God, Joe. You were saying that that Sly and the Family Stone show at Palace Park was your hardest one? Yes. I'm going to tell you what. I grew up on Main Road in Hunlock Creek. And that was back in the early 70s. I want to say 72, 74, somewhere of that nature. Yes, sir, exactly. Yeah. And um, I was young at the time. And I remember that there, there was, like, nowhere to park. There were so <laughs> many people. Everybody parked their vehicles along the road on Route 11. And they just started walking 
for miles. And it, it was like it was like the the trampede trying to get into the Bloomsburg <laughs> Center all night long. It was, and Dan. I remember walking up that song. hill. Yep. Thanks for the memory. That was how many? Any idea how many people? No, no idea whatsoever. So many people got in there that did not pay that it uh, didn't matter. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I remember parking down on the and walking up sure. the the hill. Sure. Now, if you remember a concert or you have a question for Joe, you certainly can call eight eight three zero zero nine eight one eight hundred four three. Seven zero zero nine eight. You have a favorite group? Pardon me, a yep. favorite group? Yeah. Uh, not, not really. I just, I just uh, uh, like them all. Some, for the most part, they're all nice people. Nice, nice. Some every now and then you get a tough one, but for the most part, they're all nice people because you, I understand that they're on the road, and when they come into a town, we try to make them as comfortable as possible. We we find the, a nice a hotel, we find them catering, we find them whatever it takes because I was a musician, and I know what it takes to get into a, a strange location and, and make me feel good. You know, one of the reasons that I called you was because uh, you sent me a thank you note after I interviewed Chubby Checker. He was a ball. He was fun. He knew our area. He he was just a joy to talk to. Very, very nice man. You know, he, he lives down in the Philadelphia area, and what he does for me, like he would come up uh, two weeks before the date, he would come up to go on the WBRE TV show and uh, do an interview, and that and just took a ride up just for me, and it was nice, nice guy. That's amazing. All right, we have Tom calling from Wilkes-Barre, and Tom, what's your question comment for Joe. I'd just like to thank Joe for everything he's done throughout the years for all the kids in the, the area. Uh, boy, he just, every time I, I, I sit down, I think of uh, Sansui and the dances and the groups, Mitch Ryder and everything. Joe, you certainly are the ambassador of music in uh, Luzerne County and Maybe even Pennsylvania. <laughs> Thank you very much. It's been fun. Well, that's that's nice to hear. Frank and Tunkanic, what's your comment for Joe Nardone? Uh, I, I had great times in Sansui all the time when you do. <laughs> I really love your pizza, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, let's see. We got lots of calls here for you, Joseph. Lorraine and Hazelton, what do you remember? Oh, my gosh. I At the Kirby, I'm going to start with Andy Williams' Christmas show, Dolly Parton, David Copperfield, Eddie Arnold, Johnny Mathis, and last but not least, Daniel O'Donnell. Oh, he was so great. He was from Ireland, and I saw him a couple times there and had my picture taken with him and, you know, bought so many uh, CDs and that. And he was on public television a lot, too, so I really enjoyed him. Yep, everybody has good memories of concerts. Mike in West Pittston, what's your question or comment? Michael, hey, are you there? Uh, Go ahead. I was wondering if Joe put on the show, the Kiss show at the King's College Arena in 74. Was that you, Joe? With Kiss? Kiss? Absolutely. I'll tell you a funny story about that one. We had a package that we did uh, in Wilkesbury and we did at Lock Haven State College. The uh, package consisted of Rush, Kiss, and the headliner was Blue Easter Cult. It was not Kiss, but they, they would then went on, of course, to become famous. But it was that was a good, great package. Kiss was uh, at the King's College, and then we had him at the Kirby Center, Paramount. <laughs> yeah, I, I met Paul Stanley after the show. My friend and I, we were like 13 years old. We hung around for several hours, and one of the roadies brought Paul Stanley out. 
and he had his 12-inch platform heels on. He had big sunglasses. He was a nice guy. He signed our ticket stubs and gave us guitar picks. They were all nice nice guys, really nice. (laughs) Good memories. Thank you, Mike. All right, we're going to take a break. We'll be right back with Joe Nardone, 883-0098, and WILK. Did you ever have a storm get in the way of any of your concerts? Yes. I can tell you the story. Yeah, right please here. do. Oh, only I've been pretty lucky. Over the, the many, many years of doing shows, one of the shows was a, a show. I had a, I had a ballroom in downtown Wilkesbury called the Stardust Ballroom. And we had dances there, and not, not a lot of live shows, but I, I brought in a, an act. His name was Johnny Tillotson. And Johnny Tillotson was scheduled to come in on a Saturday night and perform, and we had a snowstorm, nothing like what's about to come, but we had we had snow, and he didn't show. I didn't. He didn't show up, and and here we are. It's nine, ten, eleven. It comes to be a quarter to eleven. He shows up, and he's with his agent. And his agent was from William Mars, and his agent's name, and I'll never forget this, his agent's name was Wally Amos. A great guy, and that agent of Johnny Tillotson turned out to be Famous Amos who oh, made the cookies. No kidding. Yes. Wow. Wally Amos. <laughs> and then, then over more, more recently, I had a show. It was a doo-wop show. It was going to be a Christmas show at the Kirby Center. And it was scheduled for just before Christmas. And we did have a snowstorm. So it had to be canceled totally and then moved to March. So luckily, over the course of time, I only had two cancellations. One <laughs> cancellation. We have, we have a question. Put your headphones on there, Joseph. We have a question from uh, Mike in Bloomsburg. You have a question about who? Uh, Joe, I wanted to know, sounds like you were in your heyday with concerts when Bruce Springsteen was just starting to come up. Did you ever try to get him to do a concert for you? Uh, you know, I did try. As a matter of fact, uh, there was a contest that Columbia Records put on that uh, whoever made the best display of Bruce Springsteen's Born in the USA, and we put a, a great big, I was in the mall at the time, Wyoming Valley Mall, we put a great big window, a hand-painted sign, uh, and, and just a beautiful sign, and we won the contest, so I have a hand-signed, uh, album from Bruce, and at the same time I was working on a date, but never happened because he just exploded. And, you know, things like that happen where you try to get an act and then by the time you make the connection, he just explodes. And that's what happened with Bruce Springsteen. You're a fan, oh, I guess. That was a tough break then, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah, tough break. Thanks for calling, Michael. Bruce Springsteen, yeah. Uh, in the beginning, you had to find the X. Now, do the X call you and say, hey, we want to do a concert in Scranton, no, Wilkes-Barre? Never do they call you. <laughs> <laughs> never? No, you have to track them down and just hope for the best. You know, really? You just, really? Just, Who's hot right now? Who's hot right now? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Uh, it, it's all all the people that, that uh, where the Live Nation gets a hold of and they bring them to montage. So it's, it's you know, it's Dave Matthews. And it's, of course, and by the way, some uh, classic acts are still guy, guys like Elton John, who's ready to retire. You know, they, they do their last run and they sell it out real quick. And it, 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 it's hot. Yeah. You know? All right. Let's go. Tom and Hanover Township. What's your question or comment, Tom? Oh, Joe, um, I just remember, it had to be maybe 10 or 15 years ago. I know you have doo-wop, and, but you had a show down at Kirby Center. It was great. It was groups from maybe early 70s, and it was all maybe ones that only had, you know, not popular style, you know, but do you ever think of doing anything like that, like having groups like maybe 70? I know you have, like, the doo-wop ones, but 
groups from maybe late 60s, even through the 70s, like the Showdown and Kirby Center, like a bunch of groups together. Yes, you know, we're, we're getting to that point now because, unfortunately, the the, uh, the crowd and the age group that uh, would come to doo-wop, they're, they're just getting to a point where they just uh, can't make it to the shows anymore because of the age and all the problems. So we're moving up to the next to the 70s, and we'll be there soon and do, do a lot of those shows, yes. All right, Joe Nardone, Gallery of Sound, is our guest with us. If you have a memory or a question, you're welcome to call us, 883-0098-1-800-437-0098. We're going to take a break for headline news, get an update on our forecast. We'll be back with more of our conversation with Joe in a minute here on WILK. Wow, amazing, Joseph. Okay, we have a bunch of questions for you. Where's the rest of the All-Stars? Well, uh, Frank, uh, that... that that's something that's a little involved, and I, on the book I'm working on, I'm going to go into detail on that. But some some of the great guys passed away too too soon, too early, too young. Billy Brown, a great vocalist, and Dave Dunsavage, great guitar player, and and uh, one or two other guy people just retired. They, they felt like they didn't want to play anymore. A great keyboard guy, Carl Swinsky, played the keyboard and just decided he'd like to retire, and uh, things like that. But it'll, I'll go into depth in that. Hopefully, on the book I get. Out. Have a name for the book? We don't have one yet. You know, Wendy, I mean, we have. I mentioned it on the air yesterday and today, and we have people that are already interested in that. When do you think it'll be well, done? I, I would hope to to get it out before the fall. Wow. Now, I, you know, I, I asked you this when we were uh, off the air, but w when you were much, much, much younger, what made you think to go into the music, the record business? Being a musician and playing the sax and being in, in, in bands and school orchestras, I just loved music and I just got lucky and took a chance and I, I knew nothing about the record business and went into it. First store on Northampton Street in downtown Wilkesbury and from there we just uh, had a nice ride. Now, back then... It was 45s and 33s, right? Yes, yes. Right. And then went into 8-tracks. <laughs> and cassettes. And then into cassettes. And uh, to CDs. The CDs. And now we're back to records. We're back to records? What, yes. What, what do you mean? People are collectors or what? Well, no, it, it, they're, they're reissuing uh, LPs on vinyl, the 180-gram vinyl, special vinyl, and they're not, they're, uh, they're not cheap. They're not too expensive, but they're just great sounding, and people, I think, want to feel and touch and look at liner notes, and that's why they think they're back into records. They just love to feel and look, and it's better than streaming something into your ears that you can't touch or feel, and I think that's part of the... Imagine. Well, I didn't know that. You know, I, re I remember when I was a teenager, you would you would get a buck and you, you had to go get the, the current 45. You just, I mean, you'd have a million 45s. I mean, they were they were just the thing to do, right? Sure. <laughs> you know, there, there, there's something coming out this, Chris, the, uh, next, this Christmas that I, I'm not familiar with, but there's a new record player coming out that's going to play a three-inch CD. And if my son is into it, and I don't know whether the fact... He just ran it by me the other day. So there's something new coming out on a three-inch turntable. Wonderful. All right. <laughs> 20 minutes before 6. An update one more time on traffic and weather. What's your favorite music group, Nikki? I have so many. The Doors always were, and I know Ray Manzarek was at the store, a, well, I was going to say a couple years ago, but it's probably been more like <laughs> 10. Yes, he yeah. was signing his book. I love, and he's a great writer, too, as well. Uh, so I love The Doors. U2 is one of my favorites. I've been at the gallery, has sounded uh, autograph signings with so many 80s hair bands. Uh, 
Sebastian Bach is one I remember from Skid Row in the back of my head. And I did spend my portion of my um, makings at the Gallery of Sound over the years. And we love it and we appreciate it. And my husband still, you know, when we're in the vicinity of a Gallery of Sound, we'll be like, oh, you want to go in the Gallery of Sound? Because that's the thing we have to do. Well, you have to. That's what I'm saying. I told him he's an icon, you know, whether he wants to be or not. Quarter to six. We got we got some really nice complimentary texts. Joe, here's one that came in. Working now, so I can't call. But I work part-time at the Kirby, and Joe and his shows are always a class act. Doesn't treat crews like they are low life. The union supports him. Keep us busy, Joe. You're a great guy. Thank you. That's pretty nice. You know, nobody has been... Not one criticism. They love you here. You should run for president or something. <laughs> Ken, what's your question for, uh, for Joe Nardone? Well, the question I have is, uh, stop me if I'm wrong, but didn't you used to do shows down at Hanson's Amusement Park with uh, your group, uh, Joe and Arlo and the All-Stars? Hanson's? Yeah. Yes. We, we uh, you know, I played there, and I, I didn't do too many shows there. The uh, Starfires did some shows there. They had Chubby mm-hmm. Checker there back in those days, and they had some mm-hmm. other acts. But the Starfires did, did the Hanson's mostly. I started at Hanson's and then moved to San Suey Park. All right, let's go to uh, Charlie in Scranton. What's your question or comment, Charlie? Hiya, Joe. Frank, how are you? Happy New Good. Year. Thank you. You too. I, d- I just have a question to ask Joe. I'm a f- m- musician my whole life, too, and I guess I started in the late 70s. And back in the 70s and 80s, I mean, I was fortunate enough. I played probably with every popular band there was around here, and I went on tour with the number one touring act in the world, Sean Clush with the Elvis Show. But my question to Joe is, do you see, like, in the area how the music, all the clubs are gone, like the cabaret, the playpen, the staircase, you know, all those different places. My point is, back in the 80s, there was enough work for local bands, just local top 40 bands to play, like, four or five nights a week. Now, unfortunately, I don't think the next generation is really getting into the music, because if you look at all your top bands in this area, like Poets, Pitcher, perfect so on and so forth the average age group of these musicians in these bands is between like 55 and 75 years old do you notice a difference in the trend the younger people just aren't getting into the music what do you think joe yeah you know i i i noticed the same thing and uh, there there just aren't any clubs because i played many of those clubs in the days uh, uh when live music was really really hot there were dance halls then there were clubs and and the era you're talking about also a lot of clubs that played and live music, and I, I don't have the answer why uh, they went away. I just don't know why. Yeah. All right, Jerry, what's your question or comment for Joe Nardone? Jerry? Hello? Yeah, go ahead, Jerry. You're on the air. Hey, Joe. Um, I'm sure you know who I am. Um, I went to all of Joe's shows going way back, and eventually I started writing a music column for the newspaper for 25 years. So Joe knows who I am. Jerry used to write newspaper music column for the newspaper. He says you probably know who he is. I sure do. <laughs> you wrote a lot of good things and nice things about the shows when you reviewed them. Yeah, and um, the thing is, too, I started out going to the shows that Joe put on before I even had an inkling I was going to start writing about music. But um, I just wanted to say Joe is a true all-star. The name fits him perfectly. Yeah, absolutely. He is, <laughs> and, and he is an icon. And, 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 and you know, I appreciate it. Do, do you ever get discouraged 
with this industry, or, or you just keep firing up? No, I, I'm always up. I, I just uh, always look on the bright side. <laughs> right. Uh, we have a bunch of bunch of questions here about uh, laser discs. Or laser discs are they are they still around? Are they collectors items? They're collectors items. They're collect- they, they just came in, went fast. <laughs> now you said something earlier, and I, I asked you. I said, "Is you know, are people still buying vinyl, or people still buying CDs?" And you were talking about you know what what sparks interest in in people coming in. Yeah, CDs are definitely not dead uh, because when you bring a. Uh, an item like the soundtrack to uh, what, what the stars born, it, it just sells and sells and sells. And then the uh, movie Bohemian Rhapsody, it brought so much interest to the group Queen, and people just run in and rush and they buy. They're buying lots and lots of CDs because of what's currently happening. And uh, I think they're they're getting a little tired of streaming and downloading and all that stuff. They wanna they wanna get in the whole, something in their hand and just listen to it, look at it, and that, it's. It's it's really pretty strong, it really is. How how far in advance do you have to book acts? Uh, minimum six months to a year. So what do you have coming up be, be beyond the Carpenters? Uh, we have a, a, an ABBA tribute that we had last year that sold out. That's called Arrival. And then we have a night in Memphis, which is uh, the uh, Presley thing and uh, and Johnny Cash and that kind of thing. And uh, then uh, I'm look, working on a, on a show. For, for next year that we can't even talk about because there's a lot of competition out there. And if they see what you're trying to get, they might jump in there. And so you just have to be careful. Yeah, it is. Um, Someone said when they talk about the clubs, didn't the casinos replace the clubs in a lot of cases? Yes, they did. Now, uh, we only have one casino, so how many bands can you hire? That kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Um, And and people also want to know, a lot of the hip-hop groups, are they the original artists or are they new artists that are just repeating the songs? They're, they're a combination of both, really. Right. That's what it is. Who's popular? What hip-hop groups are popular? Now? Yeah. No, I, I, I have to admit that when I, when I go into, and I'm, I'm in the office every day, I, I really look at everything, but I, I'm not really into certain parts of the business. And the first, I have to admit that, that I'm not into hip-hop. So I can't answer the question. Okay, now a couple people want to know what your what your experiences with Frankie Valley. We always get the old rumor that Frankie Valley has local connections. Frankie Valley, Frankie Valley. Have you had any contact with them? What do you know about Frankie Valley? You know, uh, I had Frankie Valley. I probably promoted him about four or five times, starting at King's College, and then a couple times at the uh, Kirby Center, and a couple times in, in the Scranton. And you know, um, nice, nice guy. And and one one of the days after the Kirby Center, we took him down. A friend of mine had a, had a club down in uh, Cary Avenue, Carlo Rocco Grandi at a Carlos Sports Bar. Went down there after the uh, concert, and we sat there for at least two hours and did nothing but talk about old days and old times. Because Frankie Valley, you know, he's, he's I think he's 83 years old. 83? So, wow. Yes, he is. <laughs> so he goes back, and we talked about the old days. And the, the, we had a nice, nice guy. Have you, I mean, it's 
sounded when I talked to Chubby Checker, sounded like he has become an old friend of yours. Like, you know, you stay in touch with him. We, we do. And, and he loves Wilkesbury. And he, he, he loves to come to Wilkesbury. He has a daughter that lives here and, and he just loves the, the town. And we're good, pretty good friends. And have you made friends like that with other groups that you stay in touch with, even though they're not performing? You know, uh, not not really to say that we're friends. We, we're, we stay in contact with some people, but not, not, not as closely as I do with Chubby Checker. Okay. Now, we have a, cre- a question here about a website or some way that people can find out information about what you're doing, concerts that come in, are coming up. Is there some way that they can get in touch with you? you know, just uh, send a, an email to jrn at galleryofsound.com, and I'll, I'll answer it. I'll tell you what, what's coming up. And, like, we have one coming up in March with Lloyd Price. Now, this guy is Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Mr. Personality, great show coming up. Uh, here, here's a question. This is going to be like the last question, but I really, people want to know if you could tell them in your mind, in your heart, what is the power of music? The power of music? You know, it's something that nobody can ever probably try to teach you. Either you love it or you don't, and most people do. It, it's just a, a magical thing that, that gets into you that all kinds of music, and I said I'm not into hip-hop, but there are many people that are, and I, I'm, I'm, uh, I just like all kinds of music, uh, especially some of the uh, older stuff. That, uh, the, go back to Sinatra, too. I like Sinatra. And then I, I, I brought Barry Manilow to town. I like Barry Manilow. I brought Humperdinck to town a couple of times. I like Humperdinck. So it's all, all around. Power of music is what you get out of it. Indeed. Joseph, it's been an honor having you here. <laughs> You're a great man. You're a good friend. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> and stay, stay, be careful in the storm, okay? Okay. All right. Five minutes before six, we'll be right back with a final comment on WLK. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 